Uh, you know what? I'm I, just I, so I, heated because of what what you're telling me because I I do not want to live in a world <laughs> in a world where a craft dinner is the fucking substitute to a good macaroni. You're putting powder. No, no, no. Mac macaroni, as you call it, is a substitute for KD. God. <laughs> oh my God. Go to. Go to Italy. If you ask, open some fucking no, 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 no. If you ask any Canadian, would they rather have macaroni or KD? They will tell you KD is the best. It is superior. It is the fucking national treasure, and it is the greatest dish in Canada. I'm Mason Dixon, a Habs fan stuck in Leafs country. With my co-host, Corey, a southern beauty trapped deep in the bayous of Louisiana. With over 2,500 kilometers of separation, we still managed to come together to give you Habs Nightly, your hub for Habs content. While I don't know what a kilometer is, I do know Habs hockey. Don't let the 10-year age gap or distance fool you. We bleed Blue Blanc Rouge, and we're known to serve up hot takes along with our unique charm. Join us every Monday and Thursday for Hockey Talk, Ref Rage, and your daily dose of Southern ignorance. Only on the Hockey Podcast Network. Katie is the superior macaroni and cheese. Get the fuck out of here. You put um, ketchup on your fucking macaroni, you nasty kid? Yes, I fucking do. This has been Habs Nightly. You guys have a great night. Have you ever wanted to give yourself better odds at winning a bet? Well, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving you a chance to do just that. All players who place a bet on Sunday night's basketball game between LA and Denver will have a hand in lowering the over and under odds on that game. That's right. For every 1,000 players who bet the over on Sunday night's game, the over under will drop by one point. Every better who hammers the over in Sunday's Denver versus Los Angeles game helps to lower the game's over under. The best part is that even as the line lowers, the odds remain at even money. That's right. You can double your money by hammering the over. If that isn't enough excitement for you, there is a huge, and I mean huge, title fight happening this weekend at UFC 258. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on basketball, hockey, and so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Folks, this is a deal where you basically cannot lose. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app right now and use our promo code THPN when you sign up to hammer the over on Sunday night's basketball game when LA takes on Denver. Again, the promo code is THPN. For every 1,000 people that bet the over in Sunday's game, the line will decrease by one point. Yes, this is your chance to improve the odds of the over hitting. So tell your friends and family, this is a team effort. Hammer the over and improve your odds of doubling your money. That's promo code THPN for a limited time only at DraftKings Sportsbook. 
Must be 21 or older, New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, or Virginia only. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. Or in Virginia, 888-532-3500. Welcome to New York. This is is the Devil's Devil's State of of Mind Mind Podcast, Podcast. brought to you by the the Hockey Hockey Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Now here's your host, host, Neil Villapiano! Happening, Devils fans. It is once again your boy Neil Villapiano, and welcome to another edition of the Devils State of Mind podcast, right here on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up to date news and topics going on about your New Jersey Devils. Hope you guys are doing well, and I hope you guys are really excited for this episode, as excited as I am. Thank you guys, as always, for taking some time to check these episodes out. I personally greatly appreciate that you guys do so. We have a bunch to get to. Obviously, right now, we are still waiting on when the Devils are going to return to actual, you know, game action, because, you know, back when we were having our last episode that came out on Monday, we were talking about that we got word that looked like this upcoming Thursday, which you guys are listening to this episode on, that that would be the first game that we would be back. And probably I was going to talk about that and talk about, you know, what to expect from the team and everything. Well, unfortunately, that is no longer the case. And we'll get into that in just a little bit. I'm also going to once again bring up some good news as to this whole situation with the Devils being on a hiatus and we're also going to be talking about the Binghamton Devils as their season finally kicked off and already some young guys in Binghamton are making some noise right off the bat so we have a bunch to get to so let's not waste any more time and drop the puck so we'll kick things off with the biggest news and it revolves around the New Jersey Devils the NHL announced earlier this week that the Devils' return date has been moved once again. So like I mentioned before, it was the original return date was supposed to be this Thursday, February 11th. And, you know, it, it seemed like it was a pretty reasonable one. I mean, even when I was talking to, uh, you know, our good friend Bayou Benders, it seemed like there was a possibility that the Devils could get there. But really nobody was moved off the COVID list. Actually, three more players at that time were added to the COVID-19 list, and we'll talk about that in just a little bit. And the NHL came out and said, games with the Devils, games with the Buffalo Sabres, and games with the Minnesota Wild have all been postponed even more. And so unfortunately, we have to wait even longer as right now, and again, this is not, you know, 
this is not 100% concrete, guys, because, again, things could totally change. Things could just stay the same the way it is. But as of right now, the next time the Devils are supposedly playing will be next Tuesday, the 16th of February at Madison Square Garden against the New York Rangers. So, again, we are still waiting on when the Devils can play again. So, by the time, in theory, if the Devils do end up playing on that Tuesday, by the time we get to that point, it'll be about two weeks since the Devils last played. And that's pretty interesting considering the Devils have played almost the least amount of games of any team in the NHL as they've played only nine so far. As of today, the Devils now have 17 players on the COVID list with Kyle Palmieri and Pavel Zaka coming off around 6 p.m. today here on Wednesday is the day that I'm recording this. So Amanda Stein had tweeted out a couple hours ago that both Palmieri and Zaka were off the list. So we're now starting to slowly get, you know, some guys off there. I also did see that Connor Carrick had posted on his Instagram story that the team was, you know, given notice that there was somewhat of a close contact situation and that's really what started this whole outbreak so to speak and that's really what they're dealing with they're trying to figure out you know i guess who exactly started it and how can they try to not necessarily contain it but try to improve it so that the devils can eventually get back to getting on the ice and getting ready to play again whenever that case may be but again it's still not 100% guaranteed that the Devils will be playing on Tuesday. We have no idea what's going to happen between when you guys are listening to this episode and when we get to that point. I would expect probably by the time we reach Sunday, the 14th, we will probably get a pretty good idea as to whether or not they are going to be playing in that game. Because you think about it, you know, I'm recording this on Wednesday. You have Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. You have five days where you could hopefully maybe get a practice or two in. And that's going to have to come between that those two time points. And it'll be interesting to see between Friday and Sunday if there's any practice at all, if they can do it. Because I think it would almost be ridiculous for the Devils to immediately just go back to playing without even a single bit of practice time for anybody. So obviously there's a lot that has to get solved from now until that game supposedly and that's why I don't personally believe that Tuesday is going to be guaranteed I think it's at this point it's probably 50 50 I remember also speaking to my good friend who has been on the podcast before uh Virginie from Switzerland and she talked about you know you know in Switzerland they've done a really good job uh, you know, handling the situation and allowing people to continue to play hockey while also dealing with the COVID-19, you know, virus. And she believes that the NHL and the Devils will get through this. And, and I said that, you know, I was fairly optimistic, but it is the United States and we have been struggling, you know, in many different situations. I mean, we're having COVID outbreaks left and right. Hell, the Vegas Golden Knights just had another bad situation where they had no media availability and nobody really knows what's going on with their situation. So it's this whole cluster of frustration that boils over. And you do have to give credit to the Scotia North division or Canadian division that so far, knock on wood, that they've done a very good job of handling the COVID-19 situation, really no outbreaks, and they've allowed to continue to play. And the Devils, obviously, it's been very frustrating that they're one of the few teams that has been away from 
league action for this long. And it's been very frustrating considering that it feels like where we were back when we were still trying to figure out if we were going to have a season in the first place. And seeing this type of thing with the Devils, it kind of makes me, you know, me personally, it makes me feel like, again, why are we having this season? This clearly proves that this is not going to be a legit season. I have a tough time honestly believing that the Devils could get in all 52 games, especially now it's been two, oh, it's going to be over two weeks since the last time they played. You're going to have to cram in a lot of games. Hell, you may even have to do the dangerous thing of playing three days in a row which is absurd, really, in, in the game of hockey. It's doable in baseball for a multitude of reasons. It's very difficult to do it in any sport other than baseball, honestly. And for the Devils to maybe be possibly in that situation, I, I just don't see how that's going to work out. I have a tough time believing it, but maybe I'm just being too negative. I don't know. But again, talking to Virginia, I said, look, this is the United States, and we've had struggles with that. But I do want to point out one thing that happened earlier today that I think is important that also shows signs that things are starting to improve. The governor of New York, Governor Andrew Cuomo, announced earlier today that professional sports in New York State are allowed to bring back fans starting on February 23rd at 10% capacity. So I think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be the first team that's going to have fans You know, once we get to that starting date. So this is a great sign. This clearly shows that there has been progression in that state and especially in that city. And that even if it's just 10%, it's still a, a really good positive. And it doesn't seem like a lot, but it very well could be the start of really things starting to turn around. Now, how does that affect the Devils? Well, number one, they are going to be playing a bunch of games in the New York State area, playing against the Rangers, the Islanders, and the Buffalo Sabres. So obviously, they're going to probably get some opportunities down the road to play these teams with fans in the building, even if it's just a little bit. Will this have an effect on New Jersey? As a state, I think it will to an extent. I'm sure that, you know, Governor Murphy is going to look at what New York's doing and trying to see if he can better it. But again, every state has to deal with it their own way. The biggest thing that Murphy did, if you remember going back to way before the football season began, he said straight up, there are going to be no fans and we're not going to have fans until we can almost guarantee that there's a decent amount of safety here for the people that are going to these games. And with the fact that the Devils have, are dealing with right now a COVID outbreak where nearly three quarters of the roster is on the COVID list, how can we expect anybody to feel safe going to the game where it could spread, you know, just as well? The players could, somebody on the, one of the players could have it and they could spread it to one of the fans, even if they're far away, because this virus can just do those type of things. And with the new variants that we're dealing with, Again, it's just a very difficult situation altogether. So really, I think that, you know, as a New Jerseyan and anybody who's listening to this that is from New Jersey, I wouldn't necessarily get our hopes up because we're dealing with it differently than how New York is handling it. And we also don't know if it's going to 100% be a good thing that New York is allowing fans back in the building starting very, very soon. So I think it's a matter of let's see how it works with them and let's see how things progress in the state of New Jersey. We're making a lot of good progress with a lot of people going and being able to get vaccinated. There's still a lot of people like myself that are not you know, anywhere close to getting that opportunity because of obviously where you are on the list of you know, when are you, when are you allowed to go get the vaccine. But still, we have to take into consideration that basically every single day we're making progress, but every state 
is handling their situation and is in different situation than somebody else. Everybody's dealing with the COVID-19 situation either worse or better than some other states. And that's really what it is. But seeing the fact that New York is now allowing even 10% of fans to attend these games, that's a positive thing. It clearly shows that progression is being made and we're getting closer to getting back to some form of normalcy where fans are allowed to actually be back in the building. Because clearly nothing that we're doing right now is normal. And well, I mean, basically this is the new norm. I mean, it, it, let's just call it like this. And we're never going to go back to where we were. But you would hope that in the sense of the sports world and having fans, you know, it being normal to have fans in the stands, that's what we're hoping for. So we shall see. But again, the Devils obviously are, you know, in a difficult spot, continuing to have to wait. And again, Tuesday, the 16th of February is projected now to be the new date as to when the Devils would return. And again, it's all going to depend on if more and more players like we had today come off the list. If it's just going to be two per day, it still probably is not going to be good enough. And like I mentioned before, the Buffalo Sabres and the Minnesota Wild also got pushed back. The Sabres got pushed back to Monday the 15th and the Wild as well got pushed back to the 16th respectively. So they're also waiting for this. The Sabres, though, half of their team is practicing. Their head coach, Ralph Kruger, is unfortunately not with the team because he also apparently has COVID-19. And I think they still have nine players on the list. Minnesota, I think, has seven or eight at the moment. And I know their general manager, Bill Guerin, said that they are going to really just wait this out and be as safe as possible instead of just trying to force it, even though that they have a lot of their players available to practice they just really don't want to take any chance of something bigger and worse happening to their team where they have to wait even longer. So again, Devils fans, I know you're frustrated. I am as well. But we have to continue to be patient, understand for a lot of us, it's out of our control. It's just a matter of Devils being able to get this whole situation under control, getting players to hopefully at some point start testing negative, get through that whole rigmarole, and then be able to get back on the ice and start playing. And hopefully with the possibility of a lot of guys that were not with the team when we were on pause, now being with the team, and we'll talk about those guys in just a moment, you know, this is going to be definitely a new look Devils team in some ways once we actually get back to playing whenever that is. I think that's just... I think that's just the reality of the situation. So we shall see. But I talked about before that there were a couple of new players earlier this week that were added to the COVID-19 list. Connor Carrick, I believe, was off and then was back on. Uh, Sammy Votnin as well. Uh, Aaron Dell, I believe, was is, is still on the list but could be taken off soon. And Nico Heeshear was put on the list. Now, here's the thing about Nico that you guys have to understand and also why this is a good thing. Because... Here's, here's really what the situation is. If Nico Heischer is on the list, this is what it tells you, that most likely he's recovering very well from the injury that he sustained during the offseason and that he's much closer to playing than we actually originally thought. And I know everybody wants to keep going back to that freaking article that came out from Switzerland. And even though maybe some of it was true and most, most of it, in my opinion, was not true, you know, again, it, this clearly shows that Nico is getting closer to playing. And the biggest thing, as I mentioned before, and I'll mention it again with the Devils not playing, is that Nico's not missing any games. He's recovering, and this gives him an opportunity to come back and play in even more games than maybe he was projected to play in before we had the COVID-19 outbreak. And we're already getting some other guys that we hadn't seen for a while 
Mackenzie Blackwood is off the list. You know, like I mentioned before, Aaron Dell could be off the list very, very soon. Sammy Botsman, the same thing. I told you guys this before, and I'll say it again. I think that Lindy Ruff is going to have to make a lot of different moves, you know, with regards to the lineup and who's playing and who's not and who's on the roster, you know, once we actually get back to practicing and getting ready for whenever our next game is. So, again, I would take the situation with Nico being put in there as a good sign. You also could put in the possibility that maybe he's living with one or two other guys on the team and he got exposed to it, yada, yada, yada. But I'm looking at it from an optimistic standpoint and realizing that I think that the only reason that they would put him on there is because now he's closer to actually being game ready. So that's the way I look at it. And again, I think that's something to be optimistic about without a doubt. And that's all we got right now. I mean, really, if you just want to spend the whole time being negative, then, you know, obviously it's just, it's just not going to make you feel good at all. So when I look at this whole situation, all I look at and I say to myself, the devil's the only, the biggest beneficial thing for them is that they're going to get a lot of guys healthy in more ways than one. And they're going to be a lot different, but they're going to be a, a lot stronger talent wise because of some of the guys that haven't played yet that are now going to be playing. Now that also could be detrimental to some of the young players that have been playing well. And that could lead to Lindy Ruff having to make some tough decisions. And I know earlier today, he actually did make a couple of moves or well, the devils themselves made a couple of moves. Uh, Kevin Ball and Gilgis Sen were moved from the taxi squad to go down to Binghamton to play with the Binghamton Devils, and they're actually playing tonight, and we'll we'll talk about that in greater detail in a little bit. Uh, forward Mikhail Maltsev, who made his NHL debut in that second game against Buffalo, was moved from the main team to the taxi squad, and defenseman Josh Jacobs, that's a name I haven't heard in a while, was called up from Binghamton and added to the taxi squad. So maybe Jacobs gets an opportunity down the road. And there's a couple players that haven't played yet that were on the taxi squad or healthy scratches that I want to talk about as well here today. But to kind of wrap up that portion there, yeah, I mean, look, guys, again, it's difficult. It sucks. It pisses everybody off, but there is nothing that we can do about it. The health of these players is the most important thing 100%. Whether you disagree or you agree with it, that's just the reality that we have to deal with. So let's just move on from there. Let's hope that things improve over the next couple of days, and hopefully we'll get back to seeing the Devils playing on Tuesday. But a lot could change. I mean, for all we know, I might be talking the next episode, uh, episode 20, I might be telling you guys, oh, we're got to wait another week. You know, who knows? But let's try to be hopeful. Let's try to be optimistic and go from there. The good news is, though, is that we do actually have some Devils hockey to talk about. It's been a little while, but it's definitely better late than never. And that is from the Binghamton Devils, the New Jersey Devils American Hockey League affiliate. They finally got underway in their AHL season. If you remember last week, they were supposed to start, I think, a back-to-back -back against, I want to say it was either the Phantoms or the Penguins. Actually, no, I think it was the Hershey Bears. They were supposed to do a back-to-back, -back, and those games got postponed because the Devils had a little bit of a COVID outbreak with their Binghamton squad. And it looks like now that that's been, you know, taken care of and it's all good, and they were finally able to play. And they traveled down to Wilkes-Barre, PA, to take on the Wilkes-Barre Penguins, which is the Pittsburgh Penguins um, AHL affiliate, and they came back 
from down three to one to win an overtime four to three to get their first victory of the season. That's a pretty exciting way to kick off the year. But there was something even more exciting about that game in general. And the reason I say that is because there were five players for the Binghamton Devils, defensive Michael Vukcevic, I apologize if I'm saying that wrong, right winger Tyler Irvin, defenseman Riley Walsh, left winger Nolan Foote, and defenseman Nikita Ohoychuk, they all made their professional hockey debut in that game. So you think about it, not only does the Devils' main squad have a lot of young players making debuts, the AHL team has a lot of young players making, you know, making their professional debuts. Grant Clark as well, prior to their first game, signed his first professional contract with Binghamton. So obviously, the Devils really are a much younger organization as a whole, whether it's with the main squad or it's down in bingo. And here's another exciting statistic that I that I found out and from watching the game, and you can watch a lot of these games on AHL.tv, which is the home for American League Hockey. All five of those players that I just mentioned, they combined for six points, two goals, and four assists, and a plus seven rating in their debut. So those young guys really made their mark in that first game. Nolan Foote, who the Devils acquired in the Blake Coleman trade from Tampa Bay. He had a goal and an assist. He had a he scored the first goal for the Devils, and he got an assist on the game winner in overtime. Riley Walsh was the one who scored the game winner in overtime, He and he ended up getting just one goal, but it was a big one, no doubt. Vukacevic had two assists in that game, and also Tyler Irvin came away with an assist as well. So those guys really were kicking butt, and they did very, very well in their first game. Their next game is actually going on in, in the middle of this recording. Uh, they're playing the Phantoms, and I just also found out that Tom Fitzgerald's son is on the Phantoms, the Lehigh Valley Phantoms, which is the Philadelphia Flyers AHL affiliate, and he scored, I believe, the game winner in overtime in the Phantoms' first game. So, obviously, there's a lot of, you know, similarities with the way that these teams are, and where these organizations are, but, you know, hopefully the Binghamton Devils are doing well at the time of this recording. Hopefully they get away with another win. And they also had a couple other guys that were making some, some opportunities down at Binghamton. Kevin Ball and Gilgeson, like I mentioned before, were moved from the taxi squad to Binghamton. So they are both in the lineup for this game. And Kevin Ball, I mean, dude, it's a mountain of a man. I mean, he really is. And I'm super excited to see what he can bring. And it's so crazy to think about how people say, even though he's six foot six, six foot seven, he's really more considered an offensive defenseman, which makes it even better. Because if he works on his defensive game and uses that physicality with his size, this is going to be the anchor of our defense. He's going to be our, I guess you would say, he could be our Zidane Ochara, that big left-handed defenseman that we all look to. I mean, that. He could be that if developed correctly. So, you know, let's go Binghamton. Hopefully they continue to do well. Mark Dennehy, the head coach of the Binghamton Devils, we hope he continues to do well with that squad. And, you know, hey, at least we got some Devils hockey to watch. And the last thing I wanted to talk about here today, and I know this is a pretty short episode, but again, obviously with very little honestly to talk about, you have to kind of get creative a little bit with how you're going to talk. And Here's the thing that really I've kind of noticed um, early on in the season. You know, Lindy Ruff doesn't like to make a lot of changes 
you know, to the lineup before a game. He'll make changes within the game where he'll change lines and different players and have different combinations, as we've seen in several of the games he, they've played so far. But one thing I have noticed is that if certain guys are on a roll, Lindy Ruff is not just going to make a change just to get some different legs in there and to, to different bodies in there and change it up a bit. He's just going to stick with the hot hand. And as a result, guys like Connor Carrick, guys like defenseman Will Butcher, and even Nick Merkley to a lesser extent, honestly, have really seen very little to no playing time. Merkley has actually played in the game or two. Connor Carrick and Will Butcher have not played a single minute this season, even though they made the opening night roster and the roster at a training camp. And, you know, for Will Butcher, it's really disappointing to see how far he has dropped since his rookie year where he had 40 plus points and he was arguably one of the best, if not the best rookie defenseman that year. I mean, he really, really kicked butt in his rookie year, but every year since then, it's gotten worse and worse and worse. And I don't really know what exactly it is. I think you got to put some of the blame on the coaching staff. And, you know, by the way, Seeing a lot of Nashville Predators fans tweeting out John Hines, you know, fire John Hines, fire this guy. Who does that remind you of, Devils fans? Who does that remind you of for the past couple of years when a lot of us were doing the same damn thing? And, you know, I hate saying this to you, Nashville fans. We tried to warn you. We tried to warn you that, you know, this man's defensive system was going to piss you off after a while, especially with the talent that you have offensively. And, you know, after seeing them get the doors blown off them by Tampa, granted, Tampa's a great team, but still at home, you know, it was pretty, pretty obvious that his system is doing the same type of damage that it was doing in New Jersey. But going back to Will Butcher's situation, yeah, I mean, you, you have to put some of the blame on on coaching, but I think you also got to put some of the blame on Will Butcher himself and just wonder to yourself, what exactly is he dealing with? You know, is it, is it something mental? Is he just not understanding the system? I mean, he's still a very young defenseman. And now we're already hearing, should the devils trade him? Should they just move on from him? Maybe they end up do that. Maybe they leave him exposed in the Seattle draft. I, I mean, I don't know. And then talking about Connor Carrick, Here's the thing. First of all, again, congratulations to Connor Carrick on the birth of his first child. I also am a big fan of the Curious Competitor podcast, which he is the host of. It has been an absolutely phenomenal, very insightful podcast, and I would highly recommend that you guys go take a listen to these podcast episodes. They are tremendous. But talking about Connor Carrick from the standpoint of the Devils' performance, you know, I've always thought that Carrick was a solid defenseman. He's not a big point getter. He's not somebody that's going to blow you away. He's definitely a third-pairing defenseman. But I think in his case, I think it's just more of that it's tough for him to get ice time considering the guys that are in front of him. Now, the only guy I could say defensively that he could maybe replace is P.K. Subban. But it's, it's tough because the potential of what he can still bring to the offensive side, talking about P.K. Subban, is too difficult not to want to play. You know, if we're really going to bench PK for Connor Carrick, it kind of makes you raise some eyebrows. But then again, you look at guys like Matt Tennyson, Dmitry Kulikov, and you would say, well, that would be more the logical guys. But here's the thing. Matt Tennyson actually leads the team in plus minus with a plus seven or eight, which is pretty damn good. And honestly, Dmitry Kulikov is arguably our best defensive defenseman. He does a really good job on the penalty kill. He's really solid at stopping some of the top lines of other teams that we've seen. He's done very, very well since he got here to New Jersey. And another big hurdle for Connor Carrick, 
Sammy Botnitz returning very soon. So that makes it even more difficult. So I think for both Will Butcher and Connor Carrick, even though it's kind of a question mark of, well, why are they here? You know, I think it's more obvious that I think Lindy Ruff just feels more comfortable with the other guys. They seem to be getting the system more. They seem to be responding to it very well. And another thing also, as I mentioned, Botnitz coming back. They just brought in Josh Jacobs as well from Binghamton, added to the taxi squad. I mean, you kind of wonder to yourself, you know, are these guys just really just not going to be able to play at all? I mean, I would expect somebody like maybe Matt Tennyson to be the guy that ends up getting replaced by Sammy Botnin, but, you know, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what happens when we get to that point. But it looks like to me that the Butcher and Carrick, unless they start making bigger strides in practice and really showing something to the coaching staff, I don't think their time on the Devils is much longer. Um, I'm not saying that they're going to end up getting traded. They very well could. They could also get bought out. I don't know how bad of an idea that is. Or they may just get, you know, be left unprotected in the Seattle expansion job. I don't know. But we do have some young defensemen, not only with the team now, but, you know, in our system, Kevin Ball, Luka Shevich, you know, Riley Walsh, you know, guys that are going to want to get their opportunity very soon, you know. So I, I don't know. I think Will Butcher maybe has a little bit more of a, of a chance because of his age, but he has really just gotten worse and worse over the years. And it'll be really curious to see if he can ever get back to even half the player that he was in his rookie year. And, you know, I would really like to see it because I still think that he can contribute. But so far, Lindy Ruff just doesn't feel confident in playing him. And we'll see if that changes, you know, once we get back to playing hockey. But, you know, what do you guys think? You know, obviously you can message me on Twitter or Instagram, Twitter at Devil State. Instagram at Devil State of Mind. Just let me know what you guys think. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Do you think that I'm just full of crap? You know, let me know what, what your opinions are of anything that we've talked about today. I really do appreciate it. And to kind of wrap this whole thing up, guys, again, like I said, you know, you got the Binghamton Devils. Hopefully they can continue to play without any delays. And with the, with the New Jersey Devils, it's just a wait-and-see approach. But I will tell you this right now, ladies and gentlemen, that the wait is going to be worth it because of the way that this team is going. We're a young team. We're being very competitive. We got some of our big weapons coming back, hopefully sooner rather than later. And I think I think we're in for a lot of really special and really you know fun times ahead whenever the Devils get back to playing hockey this season. What's going on, Devils fans? It's your host, Neil Villapiano. Thank you so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network, the best place to get the most up-to-date news about your New Jersey Devils. If you want to check out more of the podcast, here's what you do. You go wherever you listen to podcasts, so that could be Spotify, that could be iTunes, that could be Google Podcasts, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts, you go and you search Devil's State of Mind, and you will find the new episodes that we post every week on both Mondays and Thursdays. Please also go check out the Hockey Podcast Network as a whole. We have podcasts for all the teams in the NHL, as well as other great hockey podcasts. So just like with Devil's State of Mind, just search Hockey Podcast Network, and you can see all the podcasts that we have on this great network. You can follow the Devil's State of Mind on social media. You can follow us on Twitter at Devil's State, and you can also follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Devil's State of Mind. Make sure to also follow the Hockey Podcast Network on all social media platforms 
Just search at H-O-C-K-E-Y hockey P-O-D pod N-E-T net. If you want to listen to more of my voice, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Podcast, where I talk about all things going on in the wide world of sports. New episodes go out every Monday and Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, go like and subscribe to the Mofobo Network Sports Presents channel on YouTube, where just like the podcast, I talk about different topics that are going on in the world of sports as well. New videos go out every single Tuesday on YouTube. So it's spelled M-O-F-O-B-O Network Presents, and you will find it. Again, new videos out every Tuesday. You can stay up to date with all the new episodes and videos by following me on my personal Twitter at T-H-E-N-V-P-S-H-O-W, my personal Instagram at N-V-P-Q-B-11, and also Mofobo Network on Facebook. And last, but certainly not least, go check out both my books on Amazon and Barnes and Noble right now. The first is J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Agony and the Ecstasy, Nah, no ecstasy of being a Jets fan. This book is about all the pain and suffering of being a New York Jets fan. So from all the painful moves, painful games, painful player decisions, painful ownership decisions, you know, where, you know, anything we could think of, it's in this book. So this is really for the Jets fan. So if you're a Jets fan, a football fan, if you know someone of those, or if you just want to support me, go check out that book. The other book that I just published recently is titled Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. This one is all about the regrets of being a Mets fan. And even through world championships in 1969 and 1986, there was so much regret between those years, between those years, as well as the years following 1986. Both of these books, are available for both hardcover and ebook for the price of $19.69. So if you're a Jets fan or a Mets fan, or by some chance you're both, you probably guessed why I chose that price. So again, please go check out both of those books. The first one, J-E-T-S, Pain, 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 The Pain and Suffering of Being a New York Jets Fan, and also Meet the Mets Mess, the R-E-G-R-E-T-S of New York Town. So once again, thank you guys so much for checking out this edition of the Devil's State of Mind podcast. My name is Neil Villapiano, and we will see you in the next episode. Everyone continue to be the amazing people that you are, you know, every single day. You know, always remember to just be yourself and continue to kick absolute butt. And one last thing, rock on. Woo!